1: Welcome to your partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and this podcast is ranked in the top 2% of the most popular podcasts in the world, and honestly, it is all because of my incredible guests. I am just here to facilitate the conversation, and I am honored and blessed to share time with people who are at the top of their game, and they come on this show and others like it, willing to help you get to where you want to be in life and in business. Now, these are not people who hold back. Their goal is to share with us the essence of peak performance. And today, talk about peak performance, I get to welcome back Dom Slice-Coffline, Slice-Tyke to the show. He's been here before. Be sure you go find that one. And I'll give you the, the title to it in just a minute. But Dom says that goal-oriented individuals get frustrated when rigid structures, slow processes, long-winded programs. I'm I'm getting tired just reading this because he's describing me and adherence to unnecessary protocols get in the way when there are really no deliverable outcomes. So fighter pilots are trained to make split decisions at 800-plus miles per hour, and those quick decision-making skills can be incredibly useful in high-performance professions. So DOM has created the largest online group of fighter pilots who guide action-takers in short, impactful steps so that they can control their own successes and avoid The Wrong Path to Failure. I'm going to let Dom tell you you the rest of the story. And I have his book, Single Seat (laughs) Wisdom. I can't talk, Dom. You have to do all the talking. Single Seat Wisdom, Volume 2. I have Volume 1 as well. But right now, I'm looking at Volume 2. So go back and find our earlier episode called Single Seat Fighter Jet Mindset. It was a fascinating conversation. Dom, welcome back to your partner in Success Radio.
0: Thanks, Denise. I'm really excited to be here again.
1: Well, we had such a fascinating talk, and when I say fascinating, you talked and I scribbled. I was writing down notes like a crazy person. And as it turns out, I had just, not too long before you came on the show, watched for the very first time Maverick, not Maverick, but Top Gun. I had never seen it. Not really a movie person. And I had also gone to the theater to see Top a Maverick, which I now own, and I've watched multiple, multiple times. And I watched it over you know last weekend, and I was thinking about you going. How do these people put their bodies through that? I, I it was shocking to me. <laughs> Again, I've watched it several times. I'm still shocked. Yeah,
0: it's um, it's kind of it's it's like the most intense roller coaster ride you could you could possibly imagine. Um, and then as you're on that most extreme roller coaster ride, drop a gorilla on your body. <laughs>
1: That's what it looked like. And you know what what really got to me was when the, the plane would finally land on the the carrier and your bodies would just snap forward. I don't think I mean yeah. that to me is like instant concussion. I had a headache just watching it.
0: <laughs> well, um I'm I'm sure a lot of the um maybe retired or, or older fighter pilots that are, um, you know, they, they would want some some recognition for this skill because I have not done it and I have no intention or want to do it. But landing on a carrier is incredibly difficult back in the day. Nowadays, all the aircraft are automated. So the the computers and the automation essentially take off and land the aircraft on the carrier. But back in the day, you can imagine, you know, I've heard some some horror stories of, of really bad weather coming back to land it's that night it's raining you know the the boat the end of the deck is is hitting these waves that are you know making the, the ship go up and down you know 30 feet um, it sounds terrifying um, I have no no intention of, of doing that um, but the the pilots of old um, that had to do that my hat's off to them because that, that sounds uh, in, incredibly difficult and and like nerve-wracking
1: it's nerve-wracking to watch <laughs> and I knew it yeah. was a movie yeah. but yeah and that got me to thinking about you and the work that you do and the work that you have done I mean you you're working with uh, pilots athletes business owners and students I mean you're yeah. you're doing an awful lot of work out there now in fact you're an Amazon best-selling author you're a business owner I want to talk to you about that An entrepreneur and a civilian military instructor pilot and this is the most important thing I think I want to get out of you today is that you know that busy individuals and teams struggle big-time struggle with information overload and you, you I mean you couldn't have said it better that's that's exactly right I mean I by myself I have a small team of contractors I've been doing this for 20 years I'm overloaded every day. And you know who's the worst part yep. overloading me? Me? You. I'm guilty. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> I have to keep saying, Denise, take a seat. Go sit down. Stop thinking. Yep. <laughs> it's, yep. it's, so let's talk about information overload. And basic. Well, before we get going, tell people a little bit about yourself that I might have missed that you think is important, you know, to this conversation. And then I'm just going to mute you and let you run
0: yeah I think the, the the thing up front kind of going back to how do you, how does a fighter pilot land um, a fighter jet on a boat in the middle of the ocean and um, you know c- could I do that uh, and I think the answer is with any sort of training right so so fighter pilots um, go through training and it starts with um, you know the blocking and tackling okay so all of the all of the skills that you use are are the basic skills, that's what you, you train and you do it over and over and over and over. And then as you build those skills, you add more to it. And that's what you do in business and in life. So, um, what, what I've learned essentially is that these skills, these skill sets, what we've, what we've learned in this, uh, the third dimension, if you will, right. Um, is that we practice it so often and we do things so often that it kind of gives you a, a roadmap when you start looking at problems and it helps you see it in a different way. Um, and I don't think, you know, Denise, I've been asked this question before, I, you know, and even I talked to my dad and he, he said the same thing, which is I wasn't, um, you know, as a kid, I was not really um, the type of kid that you would look at and be like, that guy's going to be a fighter pilot. Um, and that's kind of a reassuring um, thing or, or thought, if you will, because a lot of people grow up and they don't. Um, they don't know what their full potential is until you start doing things. And you can read as many books as you want. You can, you know, read um, or listen to podcasts like this one. And, you know, it helps your mind grow because I'm a big mindset guy. Um, However, um, if you don't start taking action, that that first step, if you don't put yourself out there, then you don't know. You don't know if it's going to work and you don't know what your full potential is. In fact, the other day I was talking to a contractor who is, I'm doing some work on one of my properties. And he goes, well, how do you do this? How do you, how do you buy real estate? How do you, how do you start? And I said, well, you you have to, you have to start, you have to take that first step. And so we walked through a couple basic things about where he was in life, what his financial situation was. Are you renting? You own, you know, those types of things. And we walked through it for about, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes. We talked and then (laughs) I said, well, your first step is to do X, All right? That's in, from my vantage point, you don't have to do it. But I, I, if I was in your shoes, this is the first thing that I would do. And after talking about that, he looks at me and he goes, do you have any properties that I can, that I can rent a unit from? And I, and I just kind of, in my mind, I shook my head because um, we had literally just finished a conversation on the next step. And one of those one of the 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 most important step was stop renting and buy a home and fix it up and then rent that one out and buy another home and you know because that's what he wanted to do and, and he asks me at the end of the conversation if he can rent a unit for me and I just kind of my face hit my palm I was like, dude, did you not just what were you doing in the last ten minutes when we were we were talking about this, but the important piece of that is you know you get stuck in these little ruts if you will and You know, you have to take that, you have to take that step out and you, and you might fail, the event might fail, but you pick yourself up and you try again. And that's kind of the story of my life. I'm not, I wasn't, uh, you know, as a kid, I wasn't cut out for any of this stuff, but through training and through dedication and study and, and a lot of hard work. And I say hard work because a lot of the time about 95% of your effort will be fruitless. And that's part of, that's called learning. So, you know, as a kid, I just, I I loved airplanes. I grew up um, in, you know, out in the country. So we had a lot of different experiences than kids do when they're, when they're city slickers. So riding dirt bikes and getting in trouble and, and, you know, shooting rodents with our BB guns and, um, you know, just having, having a different life and seeing the world from a different lens and, and having parents and uncles and, and mentors throughout my life that, um introduced aviation to me which really really took off when I when we moved to Arizona when I was sixteen and I um to make a long story short essentially started flying um in the civilian world and and man I just I, I couldn't stop. I and I wanted to I was playing baseball a lot, five to seven days a week I was playing on a, a club team and I was flying and I was working. And you know, I was young and burned a candle at both ends with a blowtorch and and I think the lesson from all of that was I had to sit back and go, where do I where do I push? What what is what is something that is fulfilling, that I know that I'm good at and that is that I can make my path in the long term. And aviation was it. So I stopped doing a lot of other things and I really pushed hard on aviation and that's kind of where I'm at right now with my life is with the real estate business and, you know, writing books and having websites and social media and, you know, trying to discern if I should be starting a podcast and, and all of these things going on in life. And they're all good things. But this year in 2023, I am, I'm sitting back and I'm, I'm saying no to a lot of things because I need to, I need to kind of chew on, where we're going and and what provides the most impact and the most help for for people, and one of those things is our single seat wisdom book series, right? like you had mentioned. Um, you know I have a lot of other things that are teed up to to do, but I'm kind of this is the year of saying no to a lot of things just so I can you know work on the things that we have in process and just you know focus on the family and live a little bit while sitting back and going okay what are the next five years what where am I going to push really hard and in five years what does that look like
1: yeah I'm so glad you brought this up because we were having pretty much this conversation in the green room before we jumped on and went live I'm doing a lot of the same things that you're doing what do I prioritize and as we agreed 20 minutes ago priorities they're they're critical and they're a balancing act which is, you know, what you're doing right now. And I wanna and well, I'm unpacking three things from what you just said. That was at the bottom. The second one, podcast, yes. Call me, I'll tell you how to do it really easy, really simple, without having to hire editors and do it yourself. Do it live. Do it like I do. Cost you nothing. Seriously. Call me. I'll walk you through it. You need okay. a podcast. <laughs> you really do. I mean, I you know I've been doing this for so long; it's second nature to me. But and you said something too. Said, well, you know, somebody said, well, why don't you have a podcast? Fifteen years ago, and I said, well, what's a podcast? How do how do I do that? And I just I went on a podcast, and I enjoyed it, and I found out that I could do it too, and I've never stopped. But you have to take that step. The other thing is, the gentleman that you know, the contractor that was talking with you. I, I'm hopeful that he, you know, that was his first knee-jerk response, you know, how, to, how do I rent from you? But now that he's probably had time to think about it, mull over it, chew on it, whatever you want to call it, hopefully he's picking some points out of there that you know, he may not act on nail, but down the road he'll remember the advice.
0: Yeah, yeah. There was um, a guy uh, spraying weeds on my property one of the properties and he 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 asked the same thing he goes you know I'm this is my current situation how do you do this and we walked through he goes well I'm I'm trying to remember all of the things that you said and I said um you know in in training even even as a fighter pilot when I'm done debriefing a student and and looking at what happened during the flight I try my my hardest to have a debrief that is is coherent so that they can remember, right? So a, a good test is to ask the student, okay, what is the most important thing you learned today? And if they answer that correctly, then that's kind of a pat on your own back saying, okay, I, I debriefed this uh, student correctly and coherently and they remembered what I was saying and they were able to pick out the big the big thing, right? And I don't I don't do any more than three things. Okay, so hey, on your next flight, on your next sortie, I want you to go out and this is the one thing that I think will help you level up. And then maybe, okay, here's the secondary and tertiary thing that, you know, um, might bite you, but here's the main thing. And with that, as I was talking to the guy spraying weeds, he got kind of overwhelmed and I'm like, well, I'm not doing a good job of explaining this. And I said, okay, here's your first step. Just do this. It's a freebie. You've already got things going to do that. And then the second step is, you know, here's X, here's Y. And he goes, okay, I can remember that and I can start doing that. And that was um, a different conversation um, from the one that I had. I think it was just yesterday, right? But um, talking through that and seeing the spark come alive. And this guy was like, I want to travel the world. I want to own some real estate that pays for my life and, you know, do do those things, right? That's why people want to get into that is because... Not because it's incredibly fun owning real estate, but because it, it provides opportunities. And he goes, well, I thought I was just going to buy three rental properties, but now I think I could probably get five. And I was like, dude, that's that's where you want to be. Because you've you've let your mind see that. You can now visualize it, albeit it is very blurry, but as that goal at the end, as you define that in your mind and you let yourself see that you know robert kiyosaki in his rich dad poor dad book um, talks about it's not that i can't afford it it is asking the question how can i afford it so it's the how it's letting your mind take that step and go well why not let me entertain this thought why not own a hundred properties you know well what's the what's the cost what is what's the cost of my life um, what's my family situation and just go well why not if i wanted to buy one why not five? And just, so just asking yourself those questions and then going, well, how do I do that versus, uh, well, I can't do that, right? It just stops that, that critical thinking. Um, and that was, it was kind of a, a little bit of a light bulb that, that popped into his mind. And I think, you know, Denise, having, <laughs> having talked to you before and, uh, you know, listening to you and listening to the, the frustration behind you, you and I are very similar in the sense that I get the feeling that you are a You're an inertia person, kind of like me. You can get things going, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but that's definitely how I am. I I love start. I love startups. I love starting business and getting things going. But then I kind of get bored, and that's where I can also get burnt out because I start too many things. And like I talked about, I took an
1: online test. That's so weird, Dom. I took. I was waiting to jump on with you, so I came across this online test, and ah, what the heck. And you just described what my what they told me was that I'm a great starter, I have terrific ideas, but, man, I get bored easy. So if I don't sit and focus and yeah. focus and smack myself around a good bit, which is annoying, by the way, when you have to sit yourself down in the corner, but yeah. the, you have to have that goal, and to have that goal means you have to have a beginning and an end. And I think I always kind of, not always, but I will frequently go, I'll oh, get back to that. Guess what happens? Yeah doesn't happen. I know know, exactly what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. That's just part of knowing, you know, I think it was, I think it's etched in stone on the temple of um, maybe Apollo in Greece, but it's in Latin or Greek, probably Greek. um, It's basically know thyself. And so knowing, knowing your working talents and taking some of those personality tests, which are, none of them are perfect, but if they uh, exploration act that you can kind of start to learn about yourself and ask people, well, what do you think that I'm good at? But you won't know that unless you're doing things and you're taking action, right? So knowing your working talents, um, I've found that um, having owned um, several businesses, I'm, I'm good at the founding piece of it and getting things going. What I can do, but I really don't like doing is I don't like doing any of the CEO type stuff. I don't like, I just don't like it. I can do it, but, um, I have since hired people to do those activities that, um, I just don't like doing. And, and I think that's, it's not being able to, it's maybe an act of humility, um, which I need a healthy dose of that all the time, but just to go, Hey, I'm not good at that. And it's just admit it. You're not admitting defeat. You're just, you are letting yourself run down the path that gives the most, you know, uh, acceleration right so what is what is that piece and then knowing knowing what your your faults are where am i going to trip and where am i going to fall um, and you, you get that or through a lot of it
1: just the, the even you about. i've been yeah. known, you know i've been known to just go i don't want to do this no more and out i go <laughs> yep. you know? and i've had to have talks with myself about that too but one of the the questions i wanted to oh and you mentioned you know prioritizing you only do three things i've done that for years I call it the triune. Three things is about all I can handle because there's going to be you know, number one, you're number two, you're number three. Then there's going to be subcategories under that. And there's, you know, it's going to look like a family tree just when you're still on number one if you're really working it. So three is all I can handle. And I may not even make it through three if I overwhelm myself with, I want to say dementia, but that's not what I mean. <laughs> could be with minutiae. Are they the same thing? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah, you have to stop overwhelming yourself, no question about it. And I've been really working on that because, yeah, my brain is like yours. I mean, I have this healthy, excitable, sometimes irritating brain that is brilliant and funny and works hard and it wears me out <laughs> and I'm <Yeah>. now. <laughs> but it yeah. happens so like you say we have to figure out where we're going to step in the puddle and avoid the puddle yeah yeah okay couldn't,
0: couldn't have said it any better
1: well I think you did I was just paraphrasing you so you tell a story when when you're online when when you're on stage that you told me gets the most laughs from your audience, can you share it? Yeah. Do we have time?
0: Oh my goodness, the most laughs did you Did we talk about one on the first one? I don't want to duplicate a story
1: i don't I don't think so
0: <laughs> The most laughs um, I think so you know specific to being a fighter pilot um, there's and, and maybe maybe not the most laughs, it's kind of maybe a, a terrified laugh, um, but my life um, in general is just a, is a accumulation of failures, right, that um, you, know, you, can, you can be a glass half full or a glass half empty kind of guy and I'm, I tend to be the glass half full. I, I reframe things into something that, that helps me learn, right? So when I do have a failure, it's, a, it's an opportunity for me to learn. And and grow from that. And I would I, when I talked to a lot of the younger students, um, you know, because I we started this uh, during COVID. There was a class that was struggling pretty mightily in their their training with all of the restrictions and everything going on. And so I started this program called the Competent Wingman. And um, it, start, it started with that class and it grew from just me sending them weekly little bits of advice, you know, two minute chunks of information to, um, (laughs) the single seat mindset website, which now is an, it's a fully automated program, um, that just gives little fighter pilot tips applied to life once a week while they're going through their training. And, and other people started to use that. And the reason I told you about that is I had a student walk up to me and say, you know, I really appreciate you sharing these, um, essentially sharing these failures with us because a lot of it was written, it now is written by um, our group of fighter pilots that have, you know, pitched into the effort. Um, but initially it was just, hey, you know, when I was a young guy, I did X. And this is what, this is what happened. This is how I, you know, pulled myself up by the bootstraps and, and, and got back to it. And one of those stories is, you know, how did I get my call sign slice, right? And so I was in a, a, in a fighter squadron over in Japan And our squadron mascot was a, uh, he was a samurai. So the samurai sword slicing through stuff, it kind of fits there. But then I was out on a training sortie and I was uh, young. I was still learning a lot in the, in the aircraft. I had probably less than a hundred hours in the F-16 at the time. And um, I broke a training rule and pointed at my instructor pilot too long with my jet while I was trying to simulate shooting missiles And that was the goal of the day was to try to kill the other aircraft that was simulating, you know, simulating um, enemy tactics, essentially. So I pointed it too long. And what ended up happening was we did a we did a close pass and, um, you know, we passed. uh, we were supposed to stay more than 500 feet away from each other. And I think we were inside of 100 feet, which going that fast, pointing at another jet, the, the closure rate, if you can imagine going 100 miles an hour on the freeway. And another car passing you right by your, you know, right by your rearview mirror, or right by your um, exterior mirror, um, going 100 miles an hour the other way. Your closure rate's 200 miles an hour, because that's how fast both vehicles are going. Well, our jets that day were going several hundred miles an hour apiece. so you can imagine how fast that happened. And it's kind of a a, a shaky, scary laugh when when people learn about that story because it was a humbling experience. Um, and it was a, a, a near, you know, they talk about a near miss and if you nearly missed something, didn't you actually hit them? Well, they call it a near miss because, um, well, you nearly died. And that's kind of the, the lesson I took from that and moved forward with was, Hey, just because that happened, I failed at that event. Yes. I almost died. We can learn something from that. And then, I ended up getting named slice because they said the the, the fighter pilots said I tried to slice my instructor pilot in half. Um, so I now get to have Sorry. that very visceral, <laughs> that very funny, visceral story kind and that feeling it. that I carry, carry with me for the rest of my life because it's my call right. sign and, and I almost died. And so that's kind of where I got that. And I'm actually grateful for it because I've been called a lot of other things that are, are not, not nearly as good as maybe just a PG, um, you know, call sign like slice um, and you can use your imagination on on <laughs> what you think I've been yeah. named before. Um, yeah.
1: I'm not going, not on the radio. <laughs> I'm not going to go down that road. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, and I remember you telling about that story. I cannot remember if it was during one of our conversations off air or if it was on our last podcast, but either way, it's it's a fascinating story. So if it's repeated, it doesn't. I don't mind at all. I think it's a fascinating story. So, tell me. I mean, you've been an instructor for the majority of your life: violin, math, downhill ski instructor, civilian flight instructor, fight, fighter pilot instructor. What are you doing right now, today, that is bringing you? I guess all of all of these. These things that you have done throughout your life—they've brought you to where you are now. What is the thing that you're most proud of right now?
0: You know the 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 project. Well, so what I'm most proud of is is my faith. Um, you know, as a as a Christian, that has really, um, you know, re- I was actually reading this morning. This isn't a a humble brag or anything, but I was reading what. Um, Jesus said in Matthew chapter five. So he's got the beatitudes and all this stuff. And these, these are literal truth bombs that um, I violate uh, very regularly in my life. But that I think is what I'm most grateful for is kind of a, of my Christian background and, and having that connection that is, you know, it's in the spiritual dimension, which I think a lot of people don't really connect with nowadays, right? The mind, body, spirit piece of it. And, And you and I, probably get stuck in this trap quite a bit because we feed our minds. um, We take, we, you know, we feed our bodies, but then what are we feeding our, our spiritual or our, our, you know, that other dimension that is not tangible. So I'd say that's the most, I'm I'm grateful for that aspect of my life and and to have my wife that supports that. And she, she does it a lot better than I do. But from a business standpoint, um, you know, I'm, I'm fairly grateful for, all of the stuff that's happened in the background, but the the thing, the one thing, if I was to pick one thing that has um, given the most fruit and has <laughs> provided such a different um, approach and view on life is the Single Seat Wisdom book series that we, you know, started, that I started um, years ago by, you know, and it was during COVID, right? So I looked at COVID as a way to grow. And I remember talking with my younger brother about it. And I said, dude, I don't know that like COVID sucks, right? All of the things that are happening, the masks, the lockdowns, the everything, right? It sucks. However, during COVID, I said, there's going to be something that grows. You can choose to grow or to wither and die during this time frame, And that's, that's your choice. You can, you can level up or you can sit back and be a couch potato. Like most of the people um, probably did. And just woe is me and adopt a victim mindset and crash and burn, but I'm not going to do that. And what grew out of it was essentially I was mountain biking one day and I was like, man, I single seat mindset is the parent company. Um, But I started asking fighter pilot instructors and, and just fighter pilots. I said, Hey, do you have a short story that you would like to publish um, that? And I can do all that work because I've published books before. And can we, can we work together and get a bunch of these stories on paper and we'll call it single seat wisdom, which is just um, stories, short short, impactful stories that you can read in less than 10 minutes. Um, and it's a compilation book that grew into a series. So we published volume two, um, you know, in 2022 and we're working on volume three right now. Um, and I think that book, the reason why it has such a large impact and it's so Fruitful for me is that when I started Single Seat Mindset, that company, um, a couple months into it, I made the decision to um, not keep the money, to, to give it away. And so we give it to a children's cancer nonprofit called the uh, Anna Schindler Foundation, and they the money, the funds, go to um, supporting um, children that are, that are in the hospital and they're going through cancer treatments. And um, as of this recording, um, we are over... I believe $34,000 just on, you know, just from single seat mindset and from these fighter pilots that um, give donations um, that we can track um, to the foundation. Um, so they're, they're giving their story. So they're giving back via story and they're also giving money, monetary contributions to um, this children's cancer nonprofit. And it's really cool because it's not about me. The, the books are written, you know, each series each volume has 20 short stories. As you know, you have you've, um, I don't know I if you've read book. the whole first volume. But oh,
1: yeah. I've read I them mean, both.
0: If you're busy like you and I, the, the books are great. They're they're designed to be less than 1,500 words roughly each chapter. So you can sit down, and you don't have to worry about committing to a book. You can just read a story and set the book down and put it on your coffee table and come back to it later because each story is very unique. Each has a different message at the end of it and just really impactful. So the, you know, I even enjoy, uh, I enjoy reading the stories. And as you can imagine, just publishing a book and getting, getting busy individuals to contribute monetarily and then also contribute their story and open up about that and then go back and forth and do all the tedious details of writing a book. That I don't much care for. (laughs) However, there have been other people that have, you know, kind of as I started to take action and, you know, publishing the first book and then we, we, uh, you know, republished it um, last year just because it needed some edits and some, some improvements. Um, But other people, I mean, there's, um, there's a girl that volunteered to edit and to look at all of the chapters before I even have to pay to send them off. So um, I just, I've, I've been super blessed and, and impressed with the the people that have kind of come out of the woodwork and they go, dude, this is, this is a great idea. Let's, let's keep it going. So that's kind of our big, our big push, our big thing that, you know, when, you know, after I'm gone, the the books will be around so people can still read these stories. And it's uh man, it has been such a cool project.
1: It's an amazing project. And I really, really love the the fact that, you know, the funds go to a foundation. I think that's amazing. It's one of the big reasons I wanted to get you on the first time. But here's the thing about this book. Look, our history is constantly being rewritten. I can't be on, I don't watch mainstream media because I think it's bad for you. <laughs> I just don't watch it. I do know th- what's going on. I do get my news, but I get it from somewhere other than largely American media. And it's a shame, but it is what it is. But there are so many people these days, it seems, that they're anti-everything. They're anti-history. They want statues pulled down. I live in the South. Leave our Confederate statues alone. I mean, seriously, what in the heck? But if you read these books, and I've read both of them, and I'll read the next one when it comes out, this is history. This is current history. You know, some of these things may happen 10, 20 years ago for these guys, but it's still current history, and it's real history. It's not made-up nonsense. These books are important, yeah. just from yeah. historical perspective in my mind. You know, get their stories, get them down, and don't let anybody say, oh, that's baloney, it didn't yeah. happen. It happened.
0: So I'm I'm curious to ask you, as you read through those stories, and maybe you haven't thought of this, but what is the... If you could pick one underlying theme or one, maybe not even a theme, maybe just a word or an idea, what, as as you read those stories, what do fighter pilots have in common that other people could learn from? Like what is the you have to answer right Re- now?
1: What's that? Respect. This is what I've always picked up. From them, from you, y'all seem to respect everything, the air you breathe, the people around you, the people who may fail you the the failures that you had. You respect everything and you behave accordingly.
0: Wow. I appreciate you saying that. I'm gonna say thank you. I wish that I always had I wish I always had that. Um but I'd be lying to you if I if I told you that. I think over time I have come to 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 grow into that. Um and I still have a long ways to go. Um but thank you. Thank you for saying that. Um <laughs> I do respect all of all of their stories and, and their upbringing and, and all that kind of stuff. And I just look back and I'm like, OK, I learned from those mistakes, um, but I'm here now and I, I learned from that stuff. And there's some people that, you know, just they pick up on that um, earlier and they just they excel at those aspects. But for me, um, being kind of pigheaded and stubborn, um, usually I learn the hard way, which is, uh, you know, i I done it my I, I'll do it my way right which is not the right way right so just kind of sitting back
1: <laughs> you're describing you know, me I think there's I'm even, a, there's, even a, and...
0: there's even a song about that right I'll do it my way which is actually um, I was at a, a a men's conference this past weekend with some of my um, friends and and one of the speakers said I I think that the <laughs> The evil one or the devil, right, wants to, he, he'll do it his way. And look at how that ended up. And so I just kind of sat back and went, okay, well, where does, where does God want me to go? Where, does, where is my life going? Where, how, how, do we, how do we give back and, and make things um, better to respect this amazing life that we have? Um, but I appreciate you saying that because um, I had a different idea and I was <laughs>
1: Wait, share from, what do you, what do yes, you read? I
0: think, I think the, um, um, you know, the, the respect piece of that, maybe it's the profession that kind of engenders that from, um, an outside, um, viewpoint, which is, um, you know, even, even I sometimes step out to the jet and I just look at the aircraft and I'm like, wow, they're letting me do this again. Whoever, whoever they are, the big bureaucratic military system is letting me do this again. And it's, an incredible responsibility and um, just an incredibly um, fun profession. It wasn't always fun because it was a lot of work, but now it is a very incredibly fun um, profession and job to have. And so from my vantage point, I read a lot of these stories, and the theme that I pick up on is um, one word, it's action. And I kind of hinted at this before, but I think if you're if you're trying to start a business or if you're, if you're trying to get something off the ground, or you're trying, like, um, was it Yoda that said, "Do or do not. There is no try." So it's action. And if you look at all of all of the stories that these fighter pilots write, all of those stories are a byproduct of them putting something into action and and trying. I mean, um, what the the story that just popped into my mind is. Um, uh, Bodie Davenport, he wrote a story in the second volume and the cliff notes to it were he, he tried, he, he, he got accepted to a school and then that one didn't work. And then he went to another school and then he went through school and he applied to be a fighter pilot, but then it didn't work. And then he, you know, he went back and forth and he just kept, he he went, you know, he was a he was a, a ramp rat. So he would work on airplanes and refuel aircraft and, and do that kind of stuff and be around airplanes. And he thought he wanted to get into um, aviation. So he started flying and he, but basically he was just taking action. And as you are taking action, you start to learn. And a lot of times, I mean, I don't, I don't remember the exact statistics, but um, I think Michael Jordan missed his shots most of the time. Right. So I think he made maybe 26% of his shots, but um, and I could be misquoting that actual number, but way more than 50% of the time he, he failed. And I think it was even Wayne Gretzky that talked about, you miss hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. So the, the underlying theme that I've picked up is, is action. And so if you read a story like our astronaut author, um, Johnson, he, he has a completely different view on life because he's literally been to space. So his chapter was plan, execute debrief. And I think the important thing is if I was on the other side uh, of the line, right? So you and I, we've talked about this. We are action takers. And a lot of times that leads to burnout because you're taking so much action. You haven't sat back and discerned, you know, well, where, where do I really need to push hard? Whereas the other side is they haven't even started. So they they're stuck in this planning phase and they're, They're figuring they're, well, I haven't figured out what I'm trying to do and I'm, and I'm trying and I'm trying and I'm trying. And it's like, well, stop trying and start doing. And as you put, and, and the way to do that, to jump over that hurdle is to essentially plan enough to get going. But then we all have 24 hours in the day. So you need to put it on the calendar and have, if you need to have somebody hold you accountable to it, but plan So, hey, for the next three months, I'm going to I'm going to plan and I'm going to talk to people and I'm going to get this on paper, do whatever you need to do. But then on March 1st, I'm going to wake up that morning and I'm going to start executing. So plan, execute, debrief. And then at the end of the day, after I've executed, I'm going to debrief myself or I'm going to go over what actually happened and say, did my plan work? And at the end of every day or even during the day, I can be tweaking my plan and then I can start to execute at a higher level. And then I can debrief myself again. Um, and so I think that was kind of the, the underlying theme um, is, is how is the how? How do I put things into action? And um, a lot of these fighter pilots, some of these stories, even some of them, some of the authors are my close friends. And when they write their story, it just blows me away because I, <laughs> you think you know a lot about somebody and then they, they send you a story like this. And you're like, dude, I never knew that about you. That's amazing. And so I even get to, you know the fruits from that is I get something out of it too because I'm not um, nobody is completely altruistic. I get something out of it. so I get the good feels of helping children going through cancer treatments, the good feels of having uh, another book that we can you know read and share with our kids and and share with other people. but then also I get the first hack, the first draft of these stories so the nitty gritty of <laughs> this is just. Uh, word salad sandwich on paper and we get to tweak it from there and that is um, it's a incredibly time consuming process however it's very fruitful and man is it so fun when when that book it never gets old when the first book gets to us or you know it, it gets published and, and the first book shows up in the mail and you get to actually hold it in your hand um, but yeah that was kind of long-winded but I think the big thing uh, the overarching theme that I've picked up on is that a lot of these fighter pilots would- they were if they didn't take action.
1: Right, right. And for the audience, I'm looking at Single Seat Wisdom Volume 2 and the the men he have been talking about, the astronauts Chapter 14 Why did I do that as a valley girl? Chapter 14, Plan, Execute, Debrief by Greg Box Johnson and the other one, Bodie Davenport is Chapter 9, There is No Free Lunch. And I've actually had you've sent me a little bookmark and I actually had that one on chapter 14 so I'm glad you mentioned that so we're talking about an awful lot here and to me it's all very important you've got history you've got your big why you've been very clear about why you're doing what you're doing and how you've done it and that you need to take action no question and I guess at this point do you ask yourself anymore how do you know if you're living a pr- purposeful life, you must know that you are. If you don't know, I'll tell you, you are. But, you know, is this a question that people, <laughs> just li- do what you're told, nobody gets hurt. But, you know, people, I think, should ask themselves a lot, maybe not daily, but frequently, am I living a purposeful life? Why am I here? How am I being of service to other people? How am I treating myself? What do you think? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think the the word is, um, and, you know, purposeful. So a lot of things get tossed around. And, again, I'm, uh, I'm, I think probably more on the practical side when, like, what the heck does that mean to me? Um, and a lot of it is a byproduct of, of knowing what not to do, right? So if you're, <laughs> if you're trying to, you know, the, these people that go on these diets – or go through these diet cycles or whatever. It's like, well, have you thought about, for me, um, I was about five years ago, I was about 30 pounds overweight. And I, I was reading books and all this kind of stuff. And I hadn't really put a plan into action yet. Um, but one of the books was, was fairly insightful. And it said, what, you know, it's not really about what you're eating, it's about what you need to stop eating. So what I got from that was, okay, I need obviously less food, but then in my business life, and to, to live something purposefully, I can't do everything, and I can't be good at everything. But what what is you know um, what is my talent, and how do I how do I use that talent to to help others in the way that they want to be helped, or <laughs> how do I how do I help people the way that Jesus would help people, right? So I think at the beginning of the day is you know, people that pray, they talked about, well, what's your, what are your prayer intentions? Um, and then I think there was, I, I don't know if I heard it or I read it, but I think Oprah did a um, a class or something like that. And they basically said what, what they came up with, with all these big brain people is one word and it's called uh, intention or intentionality, right? So what is your intention? And you only get that if you like you and I, we need a dose of not running at hundred miles an hour and we need to stop and think. So, um, I call it five minutes for freedom. Um, but every morning just sit down and go at the end of the day, what is one thing that I can do today where I created some purpose in my life that is for the, the bigger why in my life. And you may not know that bigger why. In fact, many years will go by and you may not know that why, but if you're looking for it, um, Asking and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, right? So <laughs> knock and it shall be open. Um, those types of ideas is the, the intention. And how do I know if I'm living a purposeful life, what's your intentionality behind what you're doing, right? So for me, the real estate business, it is, it's, um, I wouldn't say fun, but it's, um, it is, it does give us purpose because it gives us opportunities. However, the Single Seat Wisdom Series books was much more purposeful because I sat back one day and I go, what's my intention today? What's my intention this month? What's my intention this year? What's my purpose? And I I sat there and thought, you know, my kids when I die can fight over all of my real estate and all of these things that these tangible earth things, and they can rip it all apart, tear it all down and sell it all off and, and puke it away in one generation. It can all be gone. But, they cannot travel around the world and pull these single seat wisdom books off of all the bookshelves that they sit on. And that is a more of a timeless. Um, it's just a, it's a timeless project that can't be undone because it's already going. And so I think that may be, you know, how do I, how do I live a life of purpose is, is asking yourself, well, if I do this, if I do this project or I do this, whatever, does it, does it fulfill the bigger story of my life or does it end? You know, does it, does it stop abruptly? And is that going to cause me a a midlife crisis every time that I go through these big boom bust cycles, kind of like the U S stock market is I get something going, you know, I I buy a big real estate project, we do it all things and you know, it's profitable and then we sell it. And then what am I going to do with all that money? And what's my intention with that? Am I just going to, hoard it? Am I going to take it to Vegas and blow it all at the blackjack table? Am I going to give some disparity? Is that purpose, does that fulfill the bigger story of my life? And I think these books, right? That's if, if you could if you could define one thing that I'm doing this year and, and pushing and kind of refocusing on is, is that project because it has it has just, it's blown my mind that it was, it was a hobby when I started out and now it's become a business and an actual thing, this growing non-tangible monster of <laughs> project, right? And it's there's some purpose behind it and it's outside of myself. I think that's the biggest thing to sum right. it up is
1: right. it's
0: outside of me. Is it completely um, altruistic 100%? No, absolutely not. I, In fact, I get a lot of, um, you know, good feelings from it, if anything.
1: Well, and listen, I think I said, when I first met you, this was a pretty new project. I was commenting earlier in the virtual green room. We ought to record those. We have a lot of fun in there, but we can't. But um, we were talking about just so many different things, but, but the thing is, when I first got to know you, I hadn't heard of any of this. I think you were referred by Mike Capuzzi. I can't remember how you came to me, but once I started reading your story and then following you all over social, and recently you have been doing a spectacular job on your social media, and I compliment you. Because you know these are stories that need to be told. They need to be shared. They are history. They're important. I mean, I'm looking at one of the, the passages right now, Chapter 10, Missionize Your Business. that's a fascinating title but I wanted to say too you were talking about earlier you were talking about not doing things not taking that step I call it procrastination I've got a minor in it my major is in sarcasm but my minor is in procrastination (laughs) and I call that analysis paralysis you are just going to talk yourself in and out of things it's going to give you a stomachache and nothing's going to happen stop doing that I had to learn to stop doing that yeah and then, too, you were talking, I think it was about Oprah, when you, and talking about you know your daily thoughts, your daily prayers, your daily intentions. And I go a bit further with my intentions. When I literally talk to my ceiling fan, for some reason I'm always you know on the couch with a cat on my lap looking at my ceiling fan. When I'm expressing out loud, because it's a form of a prayer, I guess, what it is that I need, want, or desire that day, and I don't really like the word desire, but something that I really need assistance with and I will always if I don't really expect it's going to happen I can tell but if I expect that it's going to happen I state my intention I also you know state my expectation of receiving what I'm asking for it works
0: yeah it's, it's crazy
1: isn't it a process for me two step process
0: yeah yeah that's the I, that's the i can't afford it versus how can i afford it and when you man when you let your mind you have the right mindset and you approach it like you just said you go well this this can happen and then and then all of the how starts to happen and it unfolds in front of you um just one step at a time because everybody's going to have their own different path you can be on a path pull out your machete chop through the forest and jump on another path and you may not have even found that path if you weren't walking the one that you're on, but that intentionality is so powerful. It's just, and it's not, it's not this fruity visualization stuff. You know, that, that's kind of a trap in itself. Well, visualize the end goal and it's I don't see the end goal because I'm not there and I haven't done it before. But I have an idea. It's very opaque. It's milky. It's, I can't, I can't see it. I can't, I can't grab onto it. I can't define it yet. However, I do know that this is, you know, as I, if you are in analysis process, just go, well, what is the first step, right? What, what do they say? If, um, the journey of 5,000 miles starts at the first step or something along those lines, right? So just, if you're stuck figuring, well, what's the first step? Well, I'm going to just write down what I'm afraid to do or whatever, right? So just do one thing at a time because mm-hmm. we're humans. We can only do one thing at a time. We can't multitask. And then just, just start doing that; it'll unfold in front of you. And if you have that intentionality behind it, with you know, like you said, I think I think one one thing that was powerful that you um, mentioned was you can kind of um, almost feel if it's not going to happen, right? And I, that's maybe a sixth sense. Um, and I think that's important to kind of get you know, know knowing yourself. And going, hey, you know, I don't know if that's something that will actually work, but you'll never know if you don't try. And and you don't start with that first step.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You have to start. I mean, you just really must start. And, you know, it's a platitude. We hear it all the time. But honestly, if you don't put that one foot out in front of you, you're just going to stand there in an awkward position. You're not going anywhere. So, Dom before I let you go, we've got about five more minutes. What are the top five tips that you would have liked to have known when you were starting out as a a wannabe peak performance because performer, because you are definitely a peak performance. So what can you share with the audience?
0: Well, so I think, um, it's important to, to even narrow that down more, right? You said you can, you can do one thing and maybe up to three. So let's just talk about big three. Um, I would say the first one is avoiding the, you need to know what to avoid, what foods to avoid, what bad habits to avoid, um, and, uh, and mine was avoiding the achievement hamster wheel. So that's kind of number one. Um, the second one is if you're in business um, or even in just daily life, you need to build a team around you that um, you can influence and or Um, utilize in a way that helps you with your bigger goals because the the people that are closest to you obviously are going to, um, you know, what do they say? The top five people that you spend the most time with are going to have the most impact. So avoid the achievement hamster wheel, build a team that you can control. And then the third one is what we had talked about earlier, which is what box Johnson wrote about in single feet wisdom volume two, which is plan, execute debrief. So how do I avoid the achievement hamster wheel? Well, for me, I started going to bed a little bit earlier so that I could wake up a little bit earlier and I could start my day with that intentionality like we had talked about. So call it five minutes for freedom, five minutes of prayer, whatever you want to call it. Just, you need to have some time in the morning. And if you, if you don't have five minutes, if you don't have five minutes, Denise, then I, I can't help you. So spending five minutes to just chill, don't look at the news and just kind of think about your day. Um, You know, if you're, if you're a spiritual person, um, you know, you need, you need to pray, you need to maybe just sit there and discern what is where you're going in the day. The next one, build a team you can control or, or help you get to your um, end goal is important because they're going to provide a different perspective that you may not see. All right. So that's important. Do you build the team all up front? No. In fact, the team that I had in my real estate company, um, I hired about 75% of them in the first year because they were just the wrong people on the team. So um, what do they say? Higher, slow, fire, fast. And I did that, I did that backwards. Um, so avoid the achievement, enhancer. wheel build a team you can control and then plan, execute, debrief, plan enough to get going. And as you're executing, be debriefing yourself saying, Hey, where is, is this working? Is it not? And then tweak your plan so that you can, you can fix that. But if you don't start taking action, then you're not going to achieve any level of competence and you definitely won't be a genius at what you're doing. So, um, you know, focusing on the debrief specifically is the hardest part, especially if the event failed, not you as a person, but the event failed, um, I think is, the, is the, the key ingredient there. And if you succeeded, you need to ask yourself if it was luck, because if it was luck, then maybe your plan sucks and you just don't know it. So those are kind of the big three is the don't get stuck just doing things. Make sure that you spend time to think about it. Um, the people around you are going to help you with that on your team. And then as you are, as you're going through your day, your life plan, execute debrief, um, debriefing being, I think probably the most painful piece, but the one that, that needs uh, a lot of attention just so that you can retweak your plan and execute at a higher level.
1: I'm glad that you're really stressing debriefing because I'm sitting here thinking, do I debrief not early? I really don't. I do pretty much everything else that we're talking about, but, well, by debriefing, here's here's what I do. I don't sleep well, so when I know I'm, I just never have a cat nap. I'm not a, sleeping is not one of my bigger skills and I, I don't worry about it. But when I know I'm actually about to go to sleep, I can feel myself kind of sinking into the mattress. Whatever has bothered me that day or I don't have an answer for it or I need some advice or a godwin, I need some. I will literally, again, out loud, because again, it's a form form of a prayer, I think, and I will turn it over to my subconscious for review, and at 3.18, I promise you, I'm not making this up, 3.18, I wake up, I've got the answer. I may not like it, but I've got the answer. <laughs> so that's that's about the only thing I do to debrief. I need to get better about it, though, so... I just wrote that down debrief Dom says debrief and you're right I mean we we go 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 I mean I I jump in the shower I try to relax I get in bed I'm reading my brain is going it's like a fly is in there it's really annoying and eventually Mm -hmm. I can go to sleep but I don't think to say well what did you do today Denise what really what was so great that you want to do it again tomorrow Mm -hmm. oh so you just taught me something and thank you for that
0: Thank you. I had a great time, Denise.
1: Well, oh, and listen, when the new book comes out, you're coming back, right?
0: Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it again. Okay,
1: good. <laughs> Okay, before I let you go – definitely. Before I let you go, uh, do you have anything else you want to share with the audience, and where can they find you?
0: Yep, so single seat wisdom dot, or, correction singleseatmindset.com. So single is in one – Seat, as in a single seat fighter jet, singleseatmindset.com is our our runway. So you can you can take off there and, and kind of see everything. It's got links and uh you know the competent wingman program and ways to get a hold of me and 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 all the goodness is there in one spot.
1: Excellent. And the book of course can both of them can be found on Amazon. I'm not sure. I think one of them may be free on Kindle right now if you have unlimited I can't remember but I think it is I
0: I believe so yep
1: okay I think it's the first one either way grab these books and and listen devour them so Dom thank you so much it has been wonderful speaking with you as always and I thank you for all of the terrific tips and the advice that you share with the audience and I'm definitely going to get much better about debriefing never occurred to me (laughs) now it's stuck in my head so I'll let you know how that goes and before okay. we say goodbye, if you get a 318 email going, it didn't work, that's for me. <laughs> <laughs> so you might have to walk me down from the ledge, but seriously, I'll keep you posted because it just never occurred. So before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for us in iTunes, Audible, Stitcher, anywhere that you consume your business podcasts. The truth is you can't throw a stick on the Internet without hitting your partner on Success Radio. So find us and take us along on your success journey. Dom, again, thank you so much. Thank
0: you. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at com and go to the
1: podcast tab. With the Lucky Lands you can get lucky just about anywhere.